Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Last year, I rode the most kilometres I've ridden in more than a decade, and a fair portion of it was on Zwift. Mainly because it's fun, the bonus was I got fitter in the process. Zwift had me riding with friends from all over the world on courses all over the world. It also got my competitive spirit going, so I made the most of the structured workouts in an effort to get the better of my mates on our weekly meetups. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com. Right on. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is Dave McKenzie. Hi, Dave. Well, I'm pretty good, but I, even I feel like I've ridden up Mont Ventoux, actually, overnight. Yeah, Woke I don't blame you. Shabby. <laughs> I don't blame you. It was a long stage and, Ooh, yeah. and an intense stage as well. Uh, we have one... King, ring supreme on the stage. It, it's surprising. Is Wood van Aert. Yes. Surprising, but then in some ways I'm not because he's such a class rider. We saw last year, didn't we, that on his day he can climb with the best. But he was in the breakaway with Julian Alaphilippe, who, gee, he set the race alight in that first hour, didn't he, Alaphilippe? And, but once again, the giant of Provence showed who the boss is. Maybe, maybe not to Van Aert. Van Aert was the only one who conquered it. The rest, you know, they all had their moments, didn't they? We saw Alaphilippe drop off in the break. Good to see Luke Durbridge in the breakaway as well, actually. First time we've sort of seen him active up the road. Um, and, you know, and then back in the general contenders, Ben O'Connor lost a bit of time, but he's still fighting. And I've, I'm hoping it's just a bit of an off day. Um but otherwise, it was a stage that gave us plenty and even just, a, will we call it a like a really hairline fraction of the yellow jersey? Would you call it that? Let's, let's unpack all this. Let's unpack all this because mm. there's actually so much things we've learned or we think we've learned overnight. Um, first of all, you, let's talk about Wood van Aert. Uh, you say you're, you're my surprise, and, and I get you on this because uh, he's, he's displayed so much strength last year, uh, trying to help uh, Roglic, uh, and clearly this year there was a bit of a problem with Roglic, so therefore the guys like Wood van Aert in his team can actually fly and try to, to, uh, to conquer stages, which he did. Funnily enough, though, he won stages at the Tour de France before, but they were all on sprint. Yeah, and this is the first time he wins a. It's not a mountain top finish, but it's a serious mountain stage, and it's a queen stage. Honestly, yes, he's good in a mountain and so on, but I wasn't expecting him to win with such a display of strength. Yeah, because he he was in a breakaway, but he was the strongest in the breakaway. He's the only one remaining in the breakaway, and like you mentioned, guys like Ala Philippe cracked. Yeah, but Wood van Aert didn't. Yeah, and as a side joke, there was a tweet saying the first time Wood van Aert went up Ventoux, he was ten years old. Yes, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, ten years old. Hilarious. Ten. So remember what so you were doing? Recon. Remember what you were doing at ten years old? You were not climbing Ventoux. No, no, that, that <laughs> I can I can guarantee you of that. Um, and look, it, no, it was an impressive ride because when he when he jumped, Kenny Allison, yeah. the Frenchman for Trek Segafredo, who you know in his own right can climb, he's a good climber. He, he'd already attacked them, and um, Bolka Mollema was there with him as a teammate, so he and was we know covering. How, and we know how solid Bolka Mollema oh, is and can be. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he, he's, he's like a bodyguard that yeah. you'd never get past. And 
uh, Van Art, he literally sort of attacked them. He just rode his tempo. And they couldn't follow. Philippe couldn't follow. Bolka Molima couldn't follow. He went to Kenny Alisson and literally went straight past him. Alisson got on for a bit, but the tempo he was setting, he just settled into a time trial rhythm. Uh, Van Art, that was it. That was his card. He played his card on the lower slopes. And, um, you know, he knew, realistically, it was a smart move because he knew his finish was at the top. So if he got yep. the... If he, if he had a one-minute gap at the top, pretty much he's going to win the stage. And that's effectively what happened. It was all downhill then to the finish. and Because um, he, he, he didn't, he didn't get, gain time in the descent, but he didn't lose time either. It was, a, it was pretty much exactly the same because Alessand and Molima then ended up together at 1.14. Yeah. And I'm quite sure they went across the top at 1 minute and 12 seconds. Yeah, something like that. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. So it, was, it just stayed, it stayed status quo pretty much for all of the riders in that top 15. Mm -hmm. from, from the top, the time gaps might as well have been taken and that was it. Uh, the other thing we, we want to mention, and you mentioned just uh, very quickly here, uh, the crowd. And I just want to bring the crowd here because it was good to see crowds back on Ventoux. We were expecting about a million people on the whole mountain. And this is not an exaggeration. We are actually talking about the police was saying a million people. This is what we wow. are normally seeing on the roads of Ventoux. It was beautiful to see. Yeah. But also in the village where Wood van Aert then won the stage, so many Belgians were shouting his name. Like yeah. he, he was a rock star, a yeah. superstar. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie uh, said that, didn't he, on the live yeah. coverage. Uh, they were, and they were calling him like a, a nickname as yeah. well. You know, like <laughs> that he was, it, was, it was pretty awesome that. And gee, you know, it is good to see crowds. Yeah. And um, you and I were joking, um, you know, either they're, absolutely completely bonkers <laughs> yeah. and we're talking about the french government <laughs> because there's no social distancing or they're on top of it but whatever <laughs> that's their job that's their rules so let's just enjoy the the um you know the vision that you see and it's it's literally like the tour de france yeah. is back to normal i think i said this either brilliant or collective madness, <laughs> collective madness. <laughs> It's just because you forget. You're sitting there watching it. You're thinking, oh, this is awesome. Look at yeah. the crowds. Let's like, hang on. Yeah. We're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing. Oh, no, I know. It's we're almost just, laughable. We're know? just having a joke, peeps. Come on. Just I join in the joke. It's I think it's cabin fever we're having here, actually. Yes, it is. It where is. the only person I've pretty much seen in the last three weeks is you. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. We're going crazy. Anyway, let's listen uh, to Wood van Aert. I'm like... <laughs> I'm lost for words, it's uh, so stupid to, to say, but uh, of course I did not expect to, to win this stage before the Tour de France, but actually uh, yesterday I already believed in it. I asked the team to, uh, to be the guy to uh, go for the breakaways and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the most iconic climbs in in the tour, in the world, in the world of cycling, uh, yeah, it's, maybe it's my best victory ever. It was, was it planned this morning that the plan was to be in the breakaway, but you had some pretty good uh, climbers with you? Yeah, it's true, but I also saw they, they suffered a lot and it was a really big battle to come there. And I think especially Alaphilippe lost a, a lot of power already in that part of the race. And. Uh, yeah, if you believe in it, then, then everything is possible. 
What does it feel like to uh, make it first to the top of the, the Ventoux and then first to the finish of the stage of the Tour de France? Uh, yeah, it's of course it's emotional. Uh, personally, it was was really hard to to come in, my, in this tour on a proper level. And the first uh, the first week we had so many bad luck with the with the team. Even today we, we lost again uh, Tony Martin in a crash. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is so nice that uh, yeah, if you keep motiv be being motivated and you keep believing it, then someday it will work out. So really proud. I was Wood Van Aert uh, after his his victory yesterday on the double trip to Ventoux. Honestly, I, I do like the guy. I, I do like, like the guy. He's lovable. No, he's, he's likable. He's likable. He's, him and Vanderpoel, it's like they are brothers though, isn't yeah. it? It's like, yeah. I wonder it's if like, Vander... which one do you like the most, you know? <laughs> I wonder if Vanderpoel sent him a little uh, message yesterday saying, hey, yeah, bro. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon so. Yeah, yeah. I reckon. And, and he'd be happy for him. Yeah, yeah I reckon so, win, yeah. I think. Uh, the other people we need to talk about is, of course, the Trek team because Trek did an amazing job. Didn't pay off for them, but they really went out with an objective, a target, uh, and they tried to stick to the plan. It just didn't work out because Van Aert was really strong. But clearly, Ellison had, had a plan. They had a plan to yeah. set him up for victory. Um, Ellison is an interesting rider because he was buddy-buddy uh, with Richie Port last year yeah. in the team. Um, can he really, do you think, go one step further and be the leader and try to make a go at something like the Tour de France at some point or not? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think he's he's got all the qualities of a GC guy. Um, he's 29. So, you know, he's been around a little while now. He Remember, he won that um, stage in the Vuelta um, quite a few years ago. And now. there was this funny shot with him and Molema where in the descent, Molema is so big and so strong. Yeah. And Kenny Lesson is so... Small and tiny. Oh, he's he, a little man child. I, I, and yeah. you, you, made, you made a joke saying, oh, it's like a dad and, and his 16-year-old son going, come on, buddy, follow yeah, my line. Follow, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so true. Don't break too late. Don't break too late. Yeah, yeah. Stay on the wheel. Come on. Keep it up nice and tight. Yeah. I mean, what was nice was um, Malama giving, In, allowing yeah. Alisson to take second place as a Frenchman and, you know, on such a sort of monumental day. But no, look, he, he can certainly win a stage, Alisson. He's come close now. He'll try again. I think he'll try again in the Pyrenees. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'd like to see him win a stage because um, he uh, he seems like a nice guy. He rode for Sky, obviously, for a few years. And I remember he was a late inclusion. I think it was either Herald Sun Tour or Down Under. Like he literally had to fly fly, fly in at short notice. Uh, one of their riders withdrew or got sick or something. And um, anyway, he, he raced the race and... Uh, I spoke to him a couple of times and speaks pretty good English. Yeah. And uh, yeah, really seems like a really chirpy sort of guy, actually. Uh, so yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to see him win a stage. Now, I got a text this morning from our executive producer, mm. uh, Anne Kath Whelan. Mm. She's want, she wants to know why on earth you ask well, her... Please explain. <laughs> uh, please explain why did you sort of try to get her to tip Philippe, which she eventually did... Uh, but Alaphilippe did a very good race, but in the end, he finished way, way back. Can you go back and describe? Can I explain? <laughs> Look, I'm, all, I'm, all I'll say is I'm glad it's not a, a D. John letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's in our, our, in, inside our SBS tipping competition. Yes, um, um, now, honestly, Alaphilippe could have been a good bet because he attacked maybe a tiny bit early. 
Oh, too early, but he, he couldn't. He, he went in the red zone. Yeah, he went. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have a real problem with his attack early, but he was in the red zone for quite a while. He was so determined to get away. Remember, he was with Quintana. Yeah, dropped Quintana, got caught, went again. Like he was in the red for maybe two hours, you know. And I and I so I just couldn't help but think. I hate to say I I called it, but once they were on Von Two, even after the first time, I thought. If this guy wins this stage, he is phenomenal. You know, the way he's attacked from kilometre zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so every 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 great rider has their snapping point, I guess, don't they? And we saw it. Uh, and Von Two can be so unforgiving. And the second time especially, yeah. which was the harder time. I mean, that was that looked brutal, didn't it? Yeah. But still, he displayed, I think, a certain class in his riding because oh, yeah. this is riding like we like to see. He's, he's attacking, he's aggressive. He, and he, uh, wasn't, he wasn't trying to sit on no. right up to the point that yeah. he was dropped. He was, you know, literally, he was working. Every turn he could, he was working. Yeah. No, he's, a, he's an honest bike rider, Ala yeah. Philippe. You, you give him that. You mentioned Luke Durbridge as well. It was so good to see Luke Durbridge in, in the break. Uh, at some point, we were just like, Whoa, come on, imagine this, I imagine know, this. Just we, thinking. We, we basically started to believe it. Yeah, yeah, we were. I mean, Durbo on his day, for a big guy, on his day can climb, can mm. climb. And when you're in a break like that, it's completely different. But there were just too many, too many guys that, yeah. you know, had better climbing pedigree than him. And uh, But it was, a, it was a great, great effort by Durbo. And... Um, yeah, good to see him in the mix. Yeah, let's listen to Luke Durbridge. Uh, Luke, do you like the Ventoux? Do I what? Do you like it, the Ventoux? Oh, the crowds are amazing. I don't say I like it, though, but, uh, yeah, oh, it, was a, it was a brutal day. Um, to be honest, I was trying to get in the breakaway to help our climbers, and then uh, the road just got blocked, and I found myself in the breakaway, and I was just... Uh, when you're up there, Mont Ventoux, I gave it everything, but... Uh, the last time up is just too steep for me, and um, so yeah, I obviously got dropped then and just rode in. But uh, yeah, we wanted to have representation in the, fin- in the in the breakaway. It was a bit of a shame we missed out having a climber there, um, but hey, we had a go, and um, that's all you can do. Is that one of your hardest day in a in a mountain for you? Or you yeah, yeah, pretty brutal, pretty brutal. I'm pretty knackered. <laughs> That was Luke Durbridge. First time we've got Luke Durbridge in the, in the podcast. I know, yeah. I know. We know. We need the guy more. Yeah, yeah he's, absolutely. He's, great. he's good. Uh, okay, let's look at then at the main pack. Uh, there's someone missing from that pack is Ben O'Connor, sadly, but we'll talk about him in a second. Uh, so stay tuned if you want to hear about uh, Ben O'Connor. But let's talk about the main pack, meaning the yellow jersey and all his buddies around. So the, the main climbers, we're talking yeah, all, all the top 10 except Ben O'Connor. But yeah. what happened here with this? Because there's, like you mentioned in the entry of the, this pod, there was an airline fracture, maybe. Or at least the yellow jersey Pogacar got attacked. Yeah. Didn't work out. Got, he got gapped. Yeah, but he, he got, got gapped. gapped. Yeah, yeah. What can we read in this, if, if anything? Well, he's human. I think, in one, to sum it up in a word, he's human. And we knew, we knew that anyway, didn't we? But to think that he's invincible, No. Because every every rider has their breaking point. Vinegard just went for it and, yeah. and gapped him quite well. He was impressive. So Vinegard is another uh, Jumbo Visma rider. So yeah. two kudos for the two big Jumbo Visma riders. But uh, is there anything we can like 
although the fact that he's human, there's no crack. He's, he, because after that, he reacted quite well. Temperature was an issue. He doesn't like the heat, he said. Yeah. He said he prefers the cold, so it was really hot. And, and it was hottest day of the race. And the heat in the Provence and in the Ventoux region, it's a real sort of dry yeah. heat, isn't it? Like, it's actually... I feel like it's quite similar to Australian summer, like Melbourne sort of heat yeah. in summer. Even WA sort of heat. Yeah, like yeah. Something quite heavy, dry, yes. that yeah. sits on your shoulders. So, look, um, well, the results in the end, Pogacar led them home at 138. Uran, Carapaz, Vingard were together. Lexi Lutsenko lost about 20 seconds or just under. Kelderman was with him, and then Mass lost a bit of time. He was at three minutes, but that's to the winner. So he lost a minute 20, roughly, to yep. Pogacar, Paolo Bilbao, Guillaume and then O'Connor at 5.35. So O'Connor lost three minutes, just shy of – no, just shy of four minutes, sorry, to today Pogacar. Yep. So he now drops to fifth overall. So Ben, we could see – we could see instantly on that second climb – uh, he was suffering. Yeah. Suddenly, so, suddenly, you could just see he was he was um, in the hurt locker a li- little you, bit. You made a very good point. I think on the um, on the night. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, you made a, <laughs> you made a very good point saying he needs to drop the earpiece and just go tempo because yeah. basically he was hurting. He was past the red zone. Yeah. He was past that red zone and. He kept on yelling at radio and, and, and talking to them. And, and they must have been yelling in his ear. Yeah, they were obviously trying to give him motivation. Yeah. And, and then he was shaking the head. So he's, he's having a conversation while he's in the red zone. So that's never good for your head. No, no. And, and once you're on a climb like that and you're solo, you know, he, yes, he's still, he, he's what, it's been 26. He, he's still, um, no, he's young in terms of his professional career and his experience. But uh, he's 25, sorry. But um, he's he knows where his limit is at when you're on a climb. That's the bet, probably the easiest way to reach your limit for any rider, sprinter, climber, time trialist. On a climb, that's where you can sort of hit your zone. And, and, and all you punters listening would probably understand what I'm saying by that yourself when you go out and, and put, want to push yourself to your limit. A climb is one of the easiest places, I, th- I feel, anyway. So yeah, he needed to take the earpiece out at that point, and not not as in his team would. I'm sure we're doing a great job, so I'm not criticising them. They're just getting excited and pumped, and you know, their new Aussie boy that they've adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to you know keep him keep him um, motivated and and keep his morale up, but he just needed to switch off from everything else around him. Take it back a notch for maybe 400 meters, recover, and then hit his rhythm again. And look. It might not have made a single ounce mm-hmm. of difference either, by the way. It's very easy sitting here on the couch and, and making that, those assumptions. But in the end, he actually regrouped somewhat. And there was a couple of important elements. He caught Richie Port. Yeah. Richie Port saw him coming, accelerated, and I think gave him just a little bit of a leg up. And Richie, Richie actually might have made a little bit of a difference for him there. Mm-hmm. Might have got him a bit composed and just shows the class of Richie. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was really nice. Um, and then I think Esther Chavez finished just ahead of him. Yeah. So, um, but he'll he'll live to fight another day, Ben. Yeah. Yeah, this absolutely. isn't done, and and he could have another great day in the Pyrenees. Let's listen to uh, Ben O'Connor. Fights and uh, it was uh, difficult for the second second time. Yeah, I mean, um, I was obviously suffering. I think everyone could see that, but uh, I did my 
I tried to do what I could do to, to stay with stay within the time and yeah, I was exploding but uh, I did my best so that's what matters. What is one of your hardest fight uh, in your career today? What yeah, probably for, for sure. Uh, probably the only time was when I've been very sick uh, last year in the Giro but otherwise I would say that was the hardest in-race kind of moment. I was just completely a block and uh, I think suffering both from just VOM2 itself and uh, and the heat a little, so here's to better days. Well, uh, now you're fifth in the GC. What does it mean and what do you think uh, for for the future? I mean, I guess it's, yeah, I mean, it's so amazing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a position I still didn't think I would be in, so... Uh, Hopefully when we get to the next couple of days, I can improve and then in Adora, um, when I get home, I can have a good one. So, yeah, yeah you, you prefer Pyrenees and Alps? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I think I prefer any climb over Von 2, so <laughs> here we go. That was Ben O'Connor. He's quite actually cheerful. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was pretty good, which know? is good. It's uh, And this is good and this is positive for me. You know what it tells me? It tells me that if we are set for a great tour he will need to have another amazing day and we can be cheering and pumping in here again at some point in Andorra or in the Pyrenees he mentions Andorra in, a, yeah, yeah. in his interview this is home for him it's home for a lot of riders but it's also home for him but yeah there's plenty of opportunities to come for Ben to regroup and maybe rejoin that podium he's actually not that far no no he's, he's well within the podium but you know what we need I think we need another crappy day yeah or he does he needs which is funny for a guy from WA and we talk about the heat in WA (laughs) it's hilarious but your body yeah your body not all DNAs are the same are they not all DNAs are the same in weather Um, people say oh you know what happened to this athlete in the weather it couldn't handle it couldn't cope and it doesn't matter what you do sometimes to prepare if your DNA is not built for those conditions it just won't stand up and it goes back to what we said you can prepare as much as you want for the Tour de France you can read the map you can do the road book you can do all the preps you want in the world on the day what you can control is the weather you don't know if it's going to be it's going to be minus 2 ah. or plus 40 yeah, especially yeah. on the day like Ventoux yeah uh, absolutely uh, let's mention the the, the sad uh, side of, uh, of that stage as well plenty of riders crashed abandoned didn't finish or went out of the, the time cut. Yes. Uh, so there's some major names. There's, of course, uh, Scottson we saw on the stage. He crashed. Yeah. That's a bit sad to see him because he's, he felt okay. He felt good. And, and there was a new sort of breath of life in that team, even though Godu was, was struggling. Um, Scottson could have played a role. Yeah, us, I feel for Miles. Yeah, yeah he, he's been... I think he's been super the last two yeah. years with that squad. And hence why he made his... Uh, what, hence how he made the squad you know a French team yeah. with a lot of French riders and he fought his way onto the squad because he was playing an important role so disappointing for him but Luke Rowe also outside the time limit yeah that's a surprising one yeah I feel for Luke Rowe I like him I think he's a really quality person and a solid bike rider Campenarts so Campenarts is, is uh, in my view in terms of whoever left yesterday I think for the sake of the race it's the most disappointing one because yeah. he's been setting this this race and other races alight yeah, for, he's the a racer, for the last few months. Yeah, no, he's a real racer. Um, Tony Martin yeah. crashed out. Is he, he, he's Mr. Crashable. Yeah, he's I a bit say Mr. Crash, it, yeah. I hate to say it. 
He he has crashed a lot. Well, and I don't the, mean just this tour. The thing is, he's a time trialist. So on a normal bike, maybe his, his handling bike yeah. are a bit different. I don't, I don't know. Bike handling, it's, but in, in all seriousness, yeah. you look at the last few years. He's crashed a lot. A lot. Always. Like it's, yeah. mate, it'd be, <laughs> he, he's starting to... You know, he's starting to resemble the Uscatello Scotty guys. Yeah, yeah. We used to joke about it, saying when, when the you see an orange jersey, just scatter because <laughs> they're going to crash at some yeah. point. Oh, gee. Um, no, look, so there was, in total, there was one, two, seven, eight, eight riders. Yeah. We're down to 156. Soren Krah, and listen, he was last on the stage. Uh, well, he wasn't last, but he was inside the time limit, the last one. 47 minutes and 36. I did a rough calculation around the 45, yeah. I think, Mark, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. 46, Mark. I didn't know exactly what the percentage was. I think it was 12%. Might have been 15. Um, Cav made it. So did all his teammates. Yeah. So that that's an important one to bridge to, to tonight's stage. Monsieur Cavendish, I call him uh, this way He's now. going for the record. Well, don't Equaling. Uh, yeah, don't Sorry. say it. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to another pod. And if I could just, I'll steal their line, but kudos to them, uh, the, the cycling podcast. Yeah. I quite like listening to those gents. Um, they said, um, oh, no, we're not allowed to talk about it. And they said, oh, maybe when he breaks the record... We won't talk about it either. Yeah, because <laughs> he's been he's been yeah. saying to them, "I don't want to hear his name. Yeah. Don't say his name, Merx. Don't say it." So, uh, Cav, be careful, mate, because you might get it, and we might not report it. <laughs> and it may happen tonight. Tonight is a stage again for the sprinters. Um, Dukenik, they must have nurtured him so much during this stage to make sure he was going to make the time cut. Yeah. So therefore, he could be here tonight and the next few days to have a chip at that record because if Cav doesn't want that record so be it yeah uh, oh allegedly Dukinik wants that record I mean yeah yeah it's both isn't it and I tell you what I've got to say like when you think about sprinters over the years at the Tour de France probably the last 20 odd years this has been a squad that and you know like Cavendish let's just sort of put the focus on Cav there's been years where yeah sure he's had a pretty good team and Mark Renshaw, you know, played a huge yeah. role in a bunch of his victories. But there was also a bunch of stages where Cav just fended for himself. Didn't have a huge lead-out train. Had to survive the mountains, or he didn't, and he went home. But he still won a bunch of stages. Here, the team has been so, so important to him. They have played, a, I think, the, a bigger role than what any other team has ever played in any of his victories. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he's at... He's, He's at his prime. He's plenty have said he's past it, and he's not as quick as what he was six years ago. I think that's you know, Cav would not beat the Cav six yeah. years ago, hands down. I'm not saying he's not going well. All I'm saying is, without his team, he would not have won his three stages yeah. so far. They've mm-hmm. been super. I agree. Uh, look at the stage tonight. Uh, what is in uh, on offer tonight? Uh, because it's a bit of a, we said it before, a bit of a crazy pattern to have a stage for the sprinters, double time of Ventoux. And then another stage for the sprinters tonight. Well, this is an interesting one, actually. It's it's not super long. 159.4 kilometers. We go to Nîmes, which is a beautiful lab. Oh, Nîmes, we city. had a very good uh, goat cheese pizza uh, near the Arends. Because there's a big, uh, there's an Arend, like a Roman area. Yes, yes. Goat yeah. cheese pizza. Well, anyway, yeah, that's what it's lovely. <laughs> it is lovely. There, and it was hot. It was really I hot. I remember it was stinking yeah. hot. I slammed down a schooner. Yeah. 
I remember at about 11 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> there was a rest day. It was, a, was rest a rest day. day. But yeah. great pizza. Remember yeah. that. Um, this is an interesting one. It's a day for the sprinters, but there's one categorised climb. Um, but there's a climb that looks like the road goes up towards the end inside the last 14 kilometres. So 14 kilometres to go, it, it tops out. 3.9 kilometres at 3%. Hmm, I so don't think it's enough. I don't think so. But there's a couple of other. There's not much. It should be. It should be a day for the sprinters. But but, but after a double time Ventoux, is it a stage where the peloton can call a truce, have a breakaway go, and then say, you know what, guys, we are just getting our strength back today. Well, here's the. Well, here's the. Here's what I think will happen. There's still. There's always riders that want to win. So it'll be a, a truce. Yeah. You can call it that if you want, but De Koenig will be forced to work. Well, yeah. And so they should be. Yeah. He's, he's proving he's the quickest. So you're not going to get Alperson Phoenix yeah. riding on the front. Or anybody else. Yeah. And now you won't have Jumbo Visma for Wout van Aert. Yeah. He's won his stage. Yes, he could win again. But I think, so if I was directing other teams, is, there is zero chance you're putting a rider on the front. Mm-hmm. No way. You're putting your riders in the break. Yeah. Even so, your sprinter teams, you keep your sprinter back, but you are going all out assault attack and you're attacking De Koenig. Um, so that's what I'd love to see happen, whether or not that does happen. But I think because it's a shortened stage, a shorter stage, I should say, um, I think we'll see attacks from the start. You know, it's a little bit lumpy early on as well. So. The sprint doesn't come until after 120-odd kilometres. So the sprint comes late in the stage. The intermediate sprint. Yeah, the intermediate sprint. So, yeah, this is... um, It'll be an interesting day. They're all interesting days, I feel like, this year, even these transitional days. It's true, actually, the point you make. When you look at the route, there hasn't been really a dull day even last friday when we thought oh it's going to be a long stage yeah it was an incredible it was yeah, a, it was an amazing stage longest stage in 20 years <laughs> and, and it was really entertaining yeah yeah um, it gave so, us a lot so far so good for the for this route of the yeah, tour de france yeah i think so i think so so any pick for this one oh gee you know what i'll go with philipson cavs the obvious one so i'm going to i'm going to say the the um the the suspense is going to continue because someone else will win today, which will mean Cav is still one off equaling, and then it means one less chance. So yeah, I'll go with Philipson. I think he's knocking on the door. Wout van Aert will be pretty content after uh, yesterday's big victory. Yeah, so we'll see. Anyway, I think that's a good uh, that's a good tip. Thank you, Maka, for joining us. Thank you, thank you. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au/tdf, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, same place, same time tomorrow. It's bye for now. Before we go, a quick word on our sponsor, Zwift. I have the privilege of interviewing cycling greats Matthew Vanderpool and Geraint Thomas, both of whom use Zwift as part of their training program. They've even done a few races on Zwift, and you can too. There are races for all levels, with new events starting every five minutes. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.